0: Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son
1: sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. As always, great to have you with us here today as we, holy cow, finish the fifth book of the Wheel of Time today. We're going to have some fun with that. Before we get into content, Zach, how are you doing
0: today? I'm doing pretty all right. A couple of big things going on, including we've... Got a second season of the Wheel of Time dropping, like, today, yesterday, whole thing. I'm sure we're going to talk about that more. Uh, it's also my birthday tomorrow, so that's fun. Um, happy birthday to me. We've got Wheel of Time. Uh, and in other other news, it's also the start of flu season, like, officially. Um, we started at the pediatric clinic that I work at, started getting flu vaccines today, which means I had over 60 appointments. Um, oh, my. It was a lot. But it was good. And I only almost got vomited on once. So <laughs> I did not take the day off. I know you did, which, again, I I'm did. sure we'll
1: talk about more. How are you doing, Dad? I am doing great because, as you said, it was a vacation day for me. Boop, boop. Uh, I decided oh, about a couple weeks ago to just take the day off so that I could stay up late last night watching the first three episodes of season two of The Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. Then they went ahead and changed the time drop, so it actually, in my time zone, came out at 5 p.m. So I still waited till Mom got home, and then we watched all three together. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But uh, it just gave me a free day today without being tired. I got up at a nice early time and did stuff, (laughs) (laughs) including mostly a lot of... Uh, YouTube channel stuff. Made some more content. Put out a short on my thoughts on those first three episodes. You know, stuff. In like a that. funny thing, um I don't follow us on
0: TikTok because I don't follow people. I ghost with my social medias. um
1: But I saw a TikTok you made about the wheel of time <laughs> like <laughs> five minutes ago. How about that? We are on TikTok now, people. It's the same stuff that goes on for YouTube shorts. And now I just download them and upload them to TikTok. But they're doing pretty well there, too. Yeah, fun stuff. (laughs) So TikTok is recommending your channel's content to you. I'm in the right demographic
0: to be shown stuff like that from TikTok. It makes sense.
1: I was just also like, that's my dad. Okay. (laughs) Yep, there it is. All right, so uh, a few things, yeah, to talk about before we talk about the chapters. One is I'm a little distracted here. I am watching Discord because we have a new patron now. We do, uh, yes. And uh, Tall Dark is trying to get into the live recording to to be with us here while we're uh, doing stuff. I, I saw Tall Dark post in the live recording chat channel, but trying to figure out how to get into the patron live recording. I, it I is hiding it, just a little it. bit. Not
0: really. But like every now and then I got to look where where am I clicking on this? again?
1: <laughs> so hey, hey, there we have tall dark there. <laughs> so you are just a time. Hopefully you can hear we were just shouting you out. Thank you for being our newest Patreon supporter. Uh, I already did shout tall dark out once before in one of my shorter Just Me episodes. But I definitely wanted to do it here when it was you and I together. Absolutely. And if any of the rest of you want to find out how you can become a Patreon supporter and join our group and even attend live recordings like this, just find Fantasy for the Ages on Patreon.com. While you're thinking about things like that, obligatory remind you, if you enjoy this today, like the episode, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet, feel free to leave comments, and all the ways to connect with us on social media and Discord and such are listed in the show notes. So. People have been finding us on YouTube, Zach. The numbers keep climbing. Again, we're almost thirty subscribers higher than the last time you and Which I recorded. Puts us at about what now? About uh, you know, we're almost four eighty. We're we're approaching five hundred subscribers
0: now. Just and that's huge. It's like a hundred times more than I thought we'd ever have.
1: <laughs> I guess you know our vibe isn't too boring, too bad. We might have something to say and be slightly entertaining. So.
0: I had one of the funniest interactions I've had at work the other day.
1: Okay. Because I had
0: a couple co-workers that went out to lunch together. And they came back and they said, so we listened to some of your podcast in the car. And it was a funny little interaction where they went, yeah, you guys, you and your dad, you sound like the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were going like, I think that's, no, that's that's Zach's dad talking now. No, that's Zach talking we have the same way of talking even if we Correct. don't sound exactly the same
1: our voices have a different timber but absolutely we use the same style structure and structure patterns i mean you say um more i know that because i edit but eh, it's a stylistic <laughs> choice and many of the the turns of phrases we have the same ones the same general rhythm however i don't you know use those naughty words that you throw in once in a while that's a key way the to tell fact the difference that you who's call talking
0: them naughty words. It's just like <laughs> it feels wrong on the tongue to <laughs> say worse than actually
1: swearing. <laughs> hey, come on. We were together with family a few weeks back. We played Factor Crap. And the first Correct. time I played that game, I couldn't say crap cuz that word was too too troubling for me. So, you I'm, know growing. I'm
0: I'm proud of you. You've I you could say grown. You could say devolved fading. I don't know <laughs> wearing down Started dis- into the descent of hedonism I don't know capitulating <sighs> anyway
1: we're getting very sidetracked okay a uh, couple other we? things then before we talk about the actual chapters we do need to talk about Wheel of Time season 2 so yes, I watched all three of the episodes did you watch them yet? I watched the first and we got
0: I was watching with Rach we got about five minutes in and she went I think I need to rewatch some of season one first. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I finished watching the first episode, but we're going to over the weekend, go back, watch at least some, if not all of season one, and then watch the new episodes. Okay. Okay. So I've only seen the first one.
1: So we won't talk in depth and we'll need to do a different episode covering content for sure. the show at some point, but mwah, these episodes were so nicely done. I I'd give them, Two big thumbs up. Not that I, again, agree with everything that they've changed. But the adaptation choices this time pretty much make sense to me. I understand what they're doing. They're not like doing things that totally violate the, the purpose or, or the intent of the story. I mean, anyone ought to be able to watch them now and just be entertained. I, I thought they were really well done. And the quality, big step up from last Look, season.
0: I won't say it's perfect. Uh, what I've seen so far... There were even a couple of line deliveries choices the way it was edited to it that I was just like eh, that that felt a little forced. But overall, it's enjoyable. It's a good start to season two. Um, mm-hmm. And I personally want to go minor spoilery because I'm not going to go spoil huge. And it's things we've read in the books at this point in our podcast. Okay. Um, Elias, not necessarily what I pictured when I read
1: things. I like it better. And I like... I mean, they've used him in place of a different character, Mm -hmm. and and that works. That totally works. And it honestly
0: makes the choice of how they chose to do that entire kind
1: of arc make so much more sense. Yep, yep. So, fun stuff. It works. We'll see where things continue to go, but I am very encouraged at the start of Season 2 of The Wheel of Time. I didn't ask what you're drinking today, Zach.
0: Hmm. Uh, so I got some iced tea the other day, and so I mixed it with some, uh, deep Eddy lemon vodka. Figured it would be a good thing. This is about the only glass I'll get to do, though, because I finished the vodka.
1: Ah! And you have no other alcohol in the house? No, it's just the
0: only lemon-flavored vodka I have in the house. Gotcha.
1: I'm still staying off of alcohol right now as I'm shedding some weight and trying to get my mouth back in order. It's getting better, I think. So I have pineapple juice It was juice getting today. better, and then you drank a couple of things, and it went back downhill. It's been two weeks now, though, without anything, and I think it's improving. But pineapple mm. juice, nothing wrong with that. I love pineapple juice. Just don't drink too much of it, or else it'll make your mouth all fuzzy. Well, that'll feel like my mouth has felt
0: anyway, so... Exactly, so it's not going to help. <laughs> You're reading anything new these days, Zach? I am. Uh, I actually have to pull up my notes here, because I think I've read through a couple of things since we last talked. Um, We last talked, I had finished Babylon's Ashes, right? Uh Or was I reading Uh it? Um, Since then, I've read through Golden Sun, the second book in the Red Rising trilogy. Uh, I also finished uh, Deadbeat, the next Dresden Files book. Nice. Uh, And a completely non-genre book that I read uh, on rotation. It's not sci-fi fantasy. It fits more into a real world and romance book. Uh, You would hate it. Uh, it was okay. it. Yeah. Uh, but since then, I've started uh, Persepolis Rising. Nice. And I've started the book that I think I'll probably end up passing you at some
1: point Night Angel huh? Nemesis, because I don't think you finished it. No, I'm like 67%. I got about a hey, third of the book. It's hard to go. for you. <sighs> it's just, I don't know what it is. I have to admit, um, Brent Week's next series that I have on my TBR, Lightbringer. I've lowered it on the series now, to be honest, because why is? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I picked this if up. I'm not getting day. sucked in like I want to. That says maybe the way he's writing isn't hitting like I should. I When I do read it, I enjoy it. But I don't know. It's just I've not, heard not
0: a number of people. To read. Uh, a number of the reviews of Night Angel Nemesis. It makes certain stylistic choices um, that feel like if they had gone a little bit less, maybe they would have been more successful. I don't know how much I agree with that yet. I'm not finished with it, but there is a certain element of going, no, I could see it being like, he made a choice. It's not necessarily how he usually writes. It's okay. I am enjoying it so far, though. Okay. Uh, For
1: me, I'm, yeah, still reading Night Angel Nemesis, still reading House of Chains, book four from Malazan, Book of the Fallen. But then right beneath me, I'm on book three of a trilogy, United States of Apocalypse. Mark Tufo and Armand Rosamilia, it's just apocalyptic literature. There's no zombies. This has to do more with uh, a terrorist attack on the United States that basically takes down the United States and uh, whoo, how it happens. But Mark Tufo brings in some of his favorite characters from other series and puts them in this trilogy. And then Armand Rosamilia, he writes other zombie apocalypse stuff like Tufo does. He's taken some of those characters and brought them over to this and they've created this new trilogy with familiar characters and it's very a entertaining it's really trilogy. well done yeah yeah but a totally different setting you know it's not there's no zombies okay but i'm definitely enjoying it all right that's it let's talk about the wheel of time let's do it the big finish of the fires of heaven starts with chapter 55 called the threads burn we that's pick up ominous <laughs> it is isn't it we pick up with Rand on the chase after Ravine. They're still in the palace in Camelin. And clearly, Rand's been at this for a while as we re enter the story. Ravine just manages to stay ahead of Rand, every now and then tossing back attacks with the one power and then skipping away. And Rand can never quite get his hands on it. And collateral damage is happening everywhere. Like damage to the palace or people or both? Both. He's finding bodies. It's clear Ravine doesn't value his people that much. Final Guardsmen. Question, is Rand hitting random people? Rand is not. Rand has one target in mind, and that's all he's going for. In fact, we see him come upon just palace servants who are like, ah! And he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Move along. Move along.
0: So at least as far as we know he cares to not hit random people even in his blind rage
1: Uh, yeah yeah it's down in his core because honestly mentally rand is not in a very good space at this point we see him having two inner monologues going on one voice thinking with regret of his his past and the other talking about ilena and his regrets and and how horrible it was to go mad and What's going on here, Zach? Oh, uh, he
0: might be going a little mad and having a Rand inner monologue and a LTT inner monologue. And you shouldn't have two inner monologues. Some people don't even have one. I don't get those people. They don't make sense to me. And I <laughs> don't understand how you like can enjoy reading and be someone who doesn't have an inner monologue. But I know those
1: people exist. Okay. Rand isn't even having this though from the perspective of having his own inner monologue and this other voice It's like, he has no identity at this point. He both of these and none of these is him. And it's very he's screwed fluid, up. Yeah. Wibbly wobbly. The real scary thing is when these inner monologues kind of sync up at the conclusion of this inner monologue paragraph where they both come to the point and agreement that he deserves to die for all the harm he's caused so many other people. He Ouch. being let's actually the pronoun out of here. Who deserves to die? Rand deserves to die. Yeah, that's and a dark. Theron deserves to die. This is that's what they're a both saying. dark. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So Rand is clearly losing touch with his own identity in the midst of the stress, the trauma of this situation. Remember, last chapter he just saw three people very important to him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, careful how you phrase that, because he saw two people he cares about and one who's important you to him I goals. was intentional with those words. <laughs> Three people who were very important to him. But he saw them obliterated with lightning and then went running after Ravine. He has not had time to process what happened. He's in trauma. And at the same time, as he's just trying to get to Ravine now, he's tapping into abilities, uses of the one power that he has no knowledge of how he can do these things. He's just doing it. And he sees, uh, we see him taking out uh, obstacles and challenges and even bad guys, Trollocs, Merdral and stuff, uh, just totally obliterating things. Nothing gets in his way. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of his mind going, I have no idea how I'm doing this. He just knows it needs to be done. And it is. We come upon a point where Rand just Barely ducks out of the way of Ravine flinging a band of balefire at him. Now he realizes when that happens that apparently something Moraine had said must no longer hold true. Yes, what, yeah, is, the he, what rules is he referencing?
0: Have changed a little bit. Moraine said, hey, Rand, don't use balefire. Balefire is so bad and dangerous just as a thing, the Forsaken don't use it. This is something that was forsworn in the Age of Power, the, the War of Power because it was doing significant damage to the pattern itself. Like, it just was making the entire reality crumble. And it was like, okay, maybe we, maybe we don't want to mess with this. Um, but Ravine's just thrown it. So, Rand, I think it's time to take the gloves off, and uh, reality can sort itself out later.
1: We have seen Rand use Bellfire before. Uh, he specifically did it at the uh, Darkhounds mm-hmm. that had come at and attacked uh, back in the Waste. So we know he's capable of it. So, yeah, Ravine does it fine. Zappy goes ahead and throws out his own balefire, and it seems to end the balefire attack that was coming at him. So, he's hopeful. Maybe I got Ravine. Aha! But alas, nope. Ravine, when he gets to where the balefire had come from, he can see somehow the Forsaken ducked away again, but this time using a gateway. And he recognizes the weave of this gateway, not the one for skimming like he used to come to Camelin, and not the one for traveling, which he's familiar with as well now, but this one, he's, he's seen it somewhere else. He has used it somewhere else. Do you remember where he used this particular weave that he saw Ravine do this?
0: The time that we can for sure say he specifically used this weave, it would have been down in the stone of tear, I believe. Um, There'd been a conversation. There'd been one forsaken. And then there was another forsaken. And then he ran away. And so Rand had to follow. And so Rand followed after Ballsy. But going, hey, I can do that too. And it was this thing.
1: Yes. And we'll see it's exactly the same thing when Rand copies the weave. Because he opens a gateway to, apparently, the same place. I mean, he looks in and he's seeing still the same room. The same interior here in the Palace of Camelin. And that's what happened back in the Stone of Tear, too. He stepped into the Stone of Tear. Yeah, it actually moves you like an inch. um, (laughs) Just an inch. There is a key difference. When he gets to this other place, there's no life. It's like a pale reflection of the place. Um, Where the candles, the torches are burning, there's no torches. I mean, there are torches, but they're not burning in this place. And yet there's still light. That seems to have no source. It's a little different
0: to say that this is not a dead place, though. It's not like it's no life in the terms of like, oh, it's desiccated and awful. And
1: no, it's just empty. Yeah, it actually does have some life right there and then because Rand and a fly stepped through the gate. Mm. The book mentions that, and a fly came in. Kind of does it ever mention the fly again? Uh, You know, I think the fly dies in the. If it doesn't, fly gets stuck here (laughs) forever. Uh, now Rand doesn't know where this is. Again, he recognizes the weave. He knows he's he's done this sort of thing before. But we should recognize where he's at. Where is he, Zach? He's in the dream. Capital. The dream. Teleron Riyad. Yes. It becomes much clearer just a little later in the chapter. We'll get to that. Now, it strikes Rand at this point, as he's in this new place, looking around for where Ravine might be, that he hasn't heard Luz Theron's voice in his head anymore. Not Mm. since he used Balefire. And that's a good thing. Rand's thinking, that's a good thing. Is it? No, I I would say it is. Because, you know, it indicates something about Rand's mental state. You know, if he can recognize it's just me again. And by me, he's saying Rand. He's a little more better mental state now. On the one hand, maybe
0: On the other hand, if your mental state believes you still have like this voice of some other guy in your head and he just shut up, did you become more sane or did you scare the voice
1: inside your head so much that it shut up? Wow, that's kind of scary. Exactly. So it could go either way. Now, Rand then notices something very strange. He's starting to fade away. What the heck? I mean, he feels a little odd. He looks at his arm. He can see through his arm. That's not good. And he's like, what is going on? But then he hears a voice in his head again. No! Again, inside his voice, not through his ears. And it's followed up with, I am loose there. And then he cuts the voice off. And he says, I am Randell Thor. He thinks it. So he's arguing with voices in his head with his own voice in his head. It's almost like this place uh, responds to the things you think about yourself and identity. So looking at himself. Rand had started to change appearance to look like another person who Rand concludes is Luce Theron. But he forces, reinforces his own self-image, kind of picturing what he looks like to himself in a mirror, thinking, I am Rand Althor, I am and Rand Suddenly Althor. he's There's eight, no place he's like tall and
0: uh, super fit, like 16 pack, just ripped.
1: <laughs> That's how he sees himself, huh? yeah. apparently. <laughs> And as he does this, as he firms this up in his head, uh, he changes back clearly in appearance to look like his own image. He doesn't see through himself anymore. And at this point, he realizes what really happened. Where he, for a moment he thinks, "Why did Luc Theron just try to take over?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no! I was just attacked by Ravine. Mm-hmm. He literally just tried to unmake me." And so, so what was that, Luc Theron? business about what does Rand conclude see
0: that wasn't necessarily the attack that was the creepy voice inside my head that seems to know things that it shouldn't recognizing this is an attack by ravine I'm gonna defend against it luckily it showed me how to defend against it even though I thought I was defending against the
1: voice inside my head it worked right that loose theron personality did what you do when you're attacked like that it was just reflex it wasn't personal at Rand and like you said it showed Rand what to do He survived that attack. Now he realizes, okay, Ravine just attacked me, but that was not with the one power. That was something to do with this place, which tells me there are rules to this place that I don't necessarily understand. That might not be a good thing. (laughs) If he could have done that to him back in the real Camelin, he would have done it because that was a scary thing, man, and, and he didn't do it there. So it must be just something about this place. So, okay. I can't do things here that he maybe knows how to do, but thankfully I can do stuff I do know. He realizes he does still have access to the power and he's got his little fat man, Budo, with him. So he knows he's got a lot of access to power here. If he can just manage to harness it at the right time in the right way at Ravine, he should be able to beat him. Mm-hmm. So he right there goes ahead and attacks from, from down in this inner garden where he's standing. He causes lightning bolts all at the same time, pretty much, to strike every window and balcony hanging over the garden. Just kaboom. Yeah, he's like, What's uh, he
0: thinking?
1: look, I don't know where this guy is.
0: But if I set off a bomb, it'll probably hit him. Because look, if he could do this to me, he probably had to look at me, right? He's got to target it. He's got to aim. So if mm-hmm. he's got to
1: aim, I can hit him. That's right. He didn't hit him. Nope. Nope. I mean, he's maybe he hit him. He's not sure at first. Did but man. he's gonna have to hunt, he's gonna look. There's and and yeah, we'll have confirmation very shortly. No, nope, you missed again, you stormtrooper. It's just a nice, nice little nananana and a boo boo moment. Uh,
0: Ravine's <laughs> playing with him a little bit.
1: I, I, uh, stormtrooper total tangent here. I saw a cute little video recently that the stormtroopers finally got better health insurance, including a vision plan, and it changes the whole thing. Now they can actually see. Did they get movie better series. for it or uh? that same gear but now they had proper lenses so yeah mm. they win <laughs> yeah it'll it'll change things for you <laughs> okay we shift povs now over to Nynaeve now in the last chapter where we left off in the last episode nyneve has mogidian collared with an adam and is dragging her through telaran riad to camelin because she heard, basically, learned from Mogideon something's happening here between Rand and Ravine. So here they are, and trying not to die, because the two of them have nearly been listed amongst that collateral damage we talked about before. There's a battle going on, Rand and Ravine running around the palace. They're trying to get close enough to see what's happening and to help Rand. Mogadians terrified, and continuing to demand, urge, beg that Nynaeve let them leave, because... I mean, she's really terrified that this is Rand and Ravine, and they are here in the flesh. Look, she is one for subtle machinations, not for flinging
0: Balefire in Teleron Riyadh. If Rand or Ravine wanted to fight her in a direct confrontation, she's a spider.
1: She gets squished. (laughs) Because Nynaeve is connected to her with that Adam, she can truly sense her thoughts, her emotions. And so she knows, Mulgideon is not just making up crap. She is literally terrified right now. What is it that is so scary about them being here in the dream in the flesh? It's not just that
0: male channelers are more powerful. Um, It's not always true, but generally speaking, the power cap, that ceiling, is higher. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not that. And it's not just... That, oh, they're willing to do these terrifying displays of power and risks. That's also scary, but it's not that either. It's the fact that Nynaeve and Mogideon, they're here like you're supposed to be here. Um, they're dreaming here. Ravine and Rand walked in physically. They are fully here, not just dreaming themselves here. It's We've heard it, about it, talked about before, being in Teleron and Riyadh in the flesh um it's been talked about as a bad thing for uh, possibly evil but the explanation of what exactly it would mean has never fully been spelled out um we're at least being shown here it means they're more powerful
1: at least here and now yeah Nynaeve is not worried like Mo Gideon is she's like okay they're here in the flesh I'm here in the dream I have all the powers of a dreamwalker right now. She thinks she has the advantage. Yeah. Mogedian's like, you don't get it. <laughs> and she can't really can explain it well enough to her. But she's saying, these two are so powerful here in the flesh that if they see us, we're dead meat. And we can't even channel as the two of us the way this is right now. You're channeling my power through this necklace bracelet thing. You can't even touch your own strength. We're like half powered right now. We need to run away. Now, Nynaeve's not hearing any of it. Nope. So McGideon digs in her heels. She basically says, I'm not going any further. I don't care what you will do for me. If you think dying from Ravine and Rand is worse than you punishing me, you're out of your mind. Go ahead. Do your darndest. I am not moving another muscle. Now, Nynaeve had done some things before, like using the nettle trick, you know, making her feel like she's being pricked by nettles all over. And Mogedion didn't like that and all, but that's not going to work anymore. So Nynaeve is going to have to show what she's truly capable of. Because she's like, if I have to drag her around, that you can't sneak real well. And I'm not going to be able to move real fast. I need her compliant. So... What do I do? She has a fleeting thought of, you know, the way Mo Gideon treated Nynaeve and Elaine in Tanchico with compulsion. And, you know, then they loved her and would do anything she wanted. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to try to do that. No, that's
0: too icky. Instead, I'll just beat her. Because that's better. (laughs) She's going to break her spirit and force compliance by. I like the idea is like emotional manipulation. No, that's evil spanking her physically hard (laughs) or at least making her think that
1: yeah she doesn't actually spank
0: her like until she okay no if you are doing something through the adam so that is perceived it's being done she spanks her doesn't leave any marks
1: doesn't matter it still leaves the trauma there you go because that's exactly what she does she uses the power Mogadian's power so Mogadian basically does this to herself gags herself with air forces her arms up against her. She's just like standing straight like a pencil and then uses the power of the Adam to make it like a belt strap is being whacked onto her tush. And, you know, Mulgadeon's like, ah, but can't scream. She's gagged. And, uh, Nynaeve just turns this on, on repeat. And she tells her, you know, nod when you've had enough. It's like, problem is
0: I attached the belt. To one of those things in the car wash that just spins over <laughs> and over, and I tied you next to it. It's just gonna keep
1: going, and, and that's fine, you know. Except that Nynaeve's mind wanders while waiting for Moegedion to have enough, and she thinks back to a past memory. And the next thing she knows, to kind of check some Moegedion again, and she's nodding her head like a bobble doll, and there's tears just falling down. She's like had enough for a while.
0: You gotta imagine, it didn't start like that. It started with just, like, a little bit, finally giving in, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Nineve actually, for just the fleetingest moment, feels a little bad. Like, Good. Oh, I might have overdone it. Maybe you should feel bad about abusing someone, even if they are, like, <laughs> evil. Nevertheless, Mulgideon is thoroughly ready to cooperate now. And that's good because they hear and feel an explosion and vast amounts of the power being wielded nearby. It's time to chase after those men again. So let's jump back to Rand, who continues to chase Ravine. And we see him come into another courtyard where he runs into a whole bunch more power traps. Like the air turns into the thickness of water and he's suddenly drowning in midair, you know, and he has to figure out ways to use the power to counteract the things that are being done. But as he's counteracting them, Ravine's doing other things. And it's like, Rand is really getting beat up through this process. Yeah. Now Nynaeve can kind of hear the stuff that's happening down below. And somebody is up above because she'd heard boots, boots, you know, climbing, running upstairs and stuff. So she's following those steps. She's making the guess. The one below is Rand. The other Ravine must be up ahead. She's pulling Mulgedion along behind her and she almost gets killed by a strike that comes from down below from Rand. You know, it's like, she's like, okay, if I can get close enough to ravine without Rand killing me, that would be a nice, a good thing. Yeah.
0: yeah maybe don't do friendly fire. Rand, mm. it's not his fault. He doesn't know.
1: Um, Finally. He's trying to survive. He's just trying to survive. In one of the highest parts of the castle, like top floor, can't go any higher. Looking over out of a out of a balcony, she sees Ravine. And he's totally focused out this balcony window, doing something to whoever's down below, which again she assumes is Rand, though she's never actually laid her eyes on him yet. She is full of sidar, sucked through Mogadian, So Nynaeve, before Ravine can notice her, takes her shot and just Completely fills this hallway, ceiling to floor, wall to window with flame. Just, it's a blast furnace all of a sudden. The flame goes shooting out the balcony window. And for just a moment, well... I didn't get that. Thanks, Siri. (laughs) Siri didn't get that. Uh, So tell Siri what happens when she does this. Well, you see, Ravine thought he was fighting against Rand. Uh,
0: He didn't know... And even Mogideon were coming up. So he wasn't really expecting to get his ass lit up. Uh he did. And it doesn't last that long. He quickly gets his bearing and surrounds himself with a bubble of air. He's fine. But it hurts
1: oh, a yeah. lot. For a moment he he screamed, and uh his face is just A burn scar now. One eye is all milky. Um, His clothes are literally smoking from having been on fire for just a moment. Because he wasn't lit on fire. He was suddenly thrust
0: into a furnace. It's not just hot. Could we say she she
1: was gaslighting him? No, but she did definitely roast him. (laughs) Okay. Unfortunately, even though the flames are still everywhere, as you said, he's created this little bubble of clean air around himself he's no longer being hurt and he's looking right at her now even with the one bad eye doesn't matter which he's glaring great. at her yeah not good for naive. that being said
0: if there's a big area of fire it's really obvious and if there's a really clear spot in the middle of that fire it's really obvious
1: which Rant will be very helpful very helpful in a second but Before anything else happens, all we have is Mulgideon basically collapsing to the ground going, yeah, we're going to die. Yep. (laughs) She just, Nynaeve can feel it. She's completely given up. Oh, crap. But as you said, down below, Rand, who was on their constant attack, suddenly the attacks disappeared. And he's like, whoa, what happened? And looking up, sees all those flames sees a little void, he sees a shape up there. It's unrecognizable, the shape. It doesn't look like yeah, Ravine. No. Because it looks like a crispy marshmallow man, but it's the right size. And Ravine, well, he discovers that Rand takes advantage of that moment and shoots a beam of balefire larger, wider than the size of a man. I mean, yeah. just this massive How, how beam. big
0: do you think that is? Are we
1: talking like I'm thinking seven shoulder eight to eight feet shoulder wide. Or like no, it's up and down. down. I, I could never figure up. out the way it's I kind of picture this thing being seven to eight feet wide. This is a massive beam. I like that interpretation.
0: Um, because I was always like, it's is it really that big if it's like shoulder to shoulder? That's like what two feet?
1: Yeah, no, I'm going Maybe to be three I'm going mega really cannon, big. man. This thing just and when it hits him he just ceases to exist. Oh, he's gone. Poof. I mean, Nynaeve sees it happen. And it's just, it's weird. I mean, just, she sees this big thing come up and the moment it touches him, he's just totally gone. There's nothing. You don't see an explosion. You don't see a fadeaway. He's just gone. Undone. he was never there. Unmade. Yeah.
0: Now, this is a moment that I really, I want to highlight because I think in all of these 14, 15 books, um, we talk about a lot of big moments and a lot of, People, things Rand does, things people help Rand do. Um, this is one I don't think gets a lot of focus. Rand would have died here, hands down. He was so outclassed. If Only not because of
1: lack of experience.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's not a power thing. No, but he willfully followed Ravine into this and was completely outclassed in this element. He has no idea what he's doing. He's getting a bunch of things thrown at him that he doesn't know how to handle. He would have died. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Yeah. So instead, Nynaeve comes in clutch with the fairy
1: fire of all time, giving advantage to Rand's
0: balefire, and it's Ta-da! a happy story.
1: So Nynaeve, when she sees this happen, everything goes still, and then she feels this tremendous flood of relief through the Adam from Mogedion, who's on the ground trembling and weeping, clearly, we're okay, you know, kind of thing. And then she hears Boots rushing up the stairs and turns to see Rand climbing into sight and is he ever a sight because the damage he was taken down below is very apparent all over him but she sees other differences about him too when was the last time that Nynaeve actually saw Rand tear yeah yeah when he sent well he didn't send they went on a black Aja witch hunt he and, sent uh Julin along yeah or yeah he Maureen sent, sent Lan Maureen along Maureen nope. sent Julin along try again Maureen sent Tom. What did I say?
0: That she sent Lan, which is factually incorrect. Oh, that
1: would no, that doesn't work. <laughs> Tom, good old Tom. Yes. Anyways, that's the last time. So it's been months and months and months. She's like, wow, he looks so hard. His eyes, they're so is that cold. innuendo or no goodness. We are not that kind of podcast. I did set you up for that though, didn't I? It was I that too easy, right there. Really too easy, Rand. You're so hard. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a fan of moment- That right? <laughs> In a moment's quick thought, however, uh nynaeve makes that leash connecting her to Moggeti disappear, because she sure Rand would recognize what that is, and doesn't want that to become a conversation piece. Let's just keep this a little secret right now. And. Elaine had previously told them that as she was working with an Adam experimenting that the leash was decoration. Yeah, it really wasn't she necessary. She doesn't
0: get rid of the collar and bracelet. She gets rid of the leash that physically connects the two.
1: Yes. And she can still sense Mogedeon when she makes that leash go away. But she also is slightly, holy crap, what did I just do? Because they'd never actually tried that. That was Elaine's theory. Her belief based on Checking out the Adam. What if yeah, it like been wrong? As much
0: as you don't want to give that message to Rand, you also don't want to lose a Forsaken on him. I guess she is kind of
1: sobbing on the ground. It's probably okay. Probably. Rand comments that he thought it might have been her up here or someone else, but he doesn't say the name. Who do you think he thought might have also been up here instead? There's a couple of options.
0: Um some of them are good, and some of them are not so much. But I'll be—we could be pretty sure he did not think it was Moraine or Landfear, considering they took a tumble through a doorway. Yeah, they pieced out already. So, had they not done that, both of them would have been good options. Now, beyond that, it wouldn't be wild to think if he suspected Nynaeve, potentially Elaine, also same possibility. Yet, more likely, he was probably thinking about Egwene, who couldn't come along physically, but maybe she woke up from where she was injured and went back to sleep and tried to come along this
1: way. I'm thinking and again, we're we're speculating here. There's nothing ever that conclusively shares what Rand was thinking here at this moment. I think he was thinking it was either Nynaeve or Elaine, and he's actually probably glad it's a Nynaeve and not Elaine. There's definitely because not of what goes to explain, on to
0: explain, hey, uh, I think Marquez is dead. Yeah, That would have sucked. Rand-
1: <laughs> Rand does ask then if this is where Nynaeve meets with Egwene, this this place, this thing and Nynaeve doesn't want to answer that question so she just diverts him by sharing, what you're doing, being here in the flesh dude, it's dangerous, it's even evil according to the wise ones his response it's basically ambivalent, it's like yeah. oh, so uh, they, they know everything huh, I used to think the I said I knew everything hmm. <laughs> What do you think, Zach? Is it evil for Rand to be here in the flesh? Is this truly dangerous to him? Or is it just an admonition the wise ones are holding? On the one hand, for
0: a reason that I can't talk about for another like 10 books, um, (laughs) no. However, there are certainly risks and it is bad. And it does say something that the only person that Rand has seen do this and has learned from have been multiple forsaken. So maybe the weave to get in here is something kind of twisted and of the dark. Maybe it is an evil thing to physically come here in the flesh, at least the way he is.
1: Uh, Tall, dark, and discord agrees. Dangerous, yes. Evil, no. But you know, I'm saying it could certainly be used for evil. Probably better people aren't here in the flesh. But Rand, you know, he's like, I'm the dragon reborn. I'm going to do what I got to do, basically. Nynaeve does offer to heal Rand because, as I said, he's a mess. He's pretty nicked up from all these things, ravines, attacks were doing to him. And he just, yeah, thanks. Doesn't say thanks, but he accepts it. It's wild that he accepts it, considering he's been so
0: anti it from so many people. He does not like Aes
1: Sedai doing things to him. Him, This is indicative. Yes, he and Nynaeve have a very different relationship. They have history. And to a
0: certain extent, Nynaeve is who he grew up for a lot of his formative years. Being his healer, the person in town who healed, who did fix these things, who was a trusted, wise figure. So it makes sense that he trusts her enough to do this.
1: And I think also, you know, we've seen his relationship with Egwene has been changing. She's becoming, as Rand looks at it, more Issa When he looks at Nynaeve, he doesn't see that yet. He doesn't, this is just Nynaeve. Nynaeve
0: has changed, but Nynaeve is also... Very naive and
1: unapologetically so. As she heals him, she notices he doesn't even flinch. You know, healing doesn't feel particularly comfortable. Usually you get a like a "Ah!" thing, and nope, nothing. He just stoically takes it. Again, he's become so hard. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, dang it. Then he asks, We got books of this, (laughs) baby. (laughs) (laughs) Then he asks, Did you see? Ravine die. Can you confirm it? She's like, Yes, it was right there. Just he was gone. Oh my he dead. Nynaeve then urges Rand, please leave this place. It's dangerous for you to be here. And he agrees to leave. But first, he says, Will you please though speak to Elaine for me? Ask her not to hate me. Now, what's that a reference to? It's
0: probably still way back to the confusing letters. No, or no, I don't think more so. More importantly, Sorry, your mom's dead.
1: Yeah. And that
0: he feels responsible for that. Sorry, I may have taken the throne because I couldn't get here soon enough to save your mom. But hey, i am it's probably for you, right? Because, like, it's yours, right?
1: And then he tells Nynaeve, just, just tell Elaine to forget me. That I found something else to love. I don't have room for you in my life anymore. Mm. So what I'm hearing is uh, Rand went to the land schools of love. Totally. Which he follows is it up with, actually true. And he says, he's been listening too much. By to the Lane. way, naive. Land told me I should say that to Elaine, but also that I should tell you the same thing from him. He has no more room for love for you in his heart. He, he, he's found something else. And they're both so idiots and wrong. And she's like, "Land said to say that. What an idiot. <laughs> That's kind of, yeah, in her mind. But then Rand goes through a gateway back into the real Camelon, like Naive can see through it. It's the same place, except not as damaged as this looks right now. Bye, bye, Rand. Okay. And as Rand is out, Mogedeon speaks up. A remarkable man. A very, very dangerous man. She's kind of more back to the Mogideon we know and hate. And she goes on then to talk further to Nynaeve. And Nynaeve is sensing, she's feeling a hopefulness. Coming through the link. Why is Mogadian subtly hopeful? What does Nynaeve conclude is in Mogadian's head?
0: Um, To me, she's plotting. She's scheming. She thinks she's going to maybe have a way out of this.
1: Yeah, because uh, you've got me. This is in Mogadian's head, I'm sure. You've got me captive here in the world of dreams. We've got to wake up sometime. And now that the threat is over, there's nothing else to worry about. It's just a matter of time. So I'm I'm content to bide my time. When we wake up, the Adam's power will end. I'll be free. Everything's good. Now she's not saying that out loud, but Nynaeve is discerning this is what's going on in Mogedon's head. However, Nynaeve has a plan.
0: Yeah, now we get to the thing that we accidentally talked about last episode, unless you cut it out of the actually <laughs> released stuff.
1: I didn't cut it out. Here it is. <laughs> she summons a large silver cup of tea for mogedian and says, drink this. And mogedian steps back, thinking, You're poisoning
0: me? It's like. No, don't worry. If I wanted to kill you,
1: you'd already be dead, okay? I could totally do that here. It's refreshing. It's kind of minty. It's a good tea. It's like it's just tea. It's made from fork root. It will simply make you sleep. And she feels hope rise with Mo and again, thinking, oh, you just want to put me to sleep so you can escape and I can follow you. I understand. Of course. Of course. I get it. And down the hatch. Yeah, except... See, Mogideon,
0: this Forkroot is apparently something that has been manufactured since you were around because you don't know
1: what's up with it. Yeah, she names it. That's actually taken a chance
0: by telling her it's fork root. Now, granted, is it taking that much chance considering things change, including language, in 3,000 plus years?
1: Eh. But of but course, it is. What do we know? What does Nainin know about fork yeah. root, the special quality it has besides making you sleep? You out,
0: it also knocks out your ability to channel for a while. It's particularly nasty of a uh sedative for channelers yes. specifically. Yes.
1: And uh, you know, Mogideon's feeling really good right now, and clearly the effect is already starting to kick in for her. So Nynaeve takes a little pleasure at this moment. And she reveals a few key comments Mogideon had made along the way that Nynaeve has put together saying, you know, I know you're in Saladar. So uh You go ahead and go to nighty night time, and I'll see you real soon. And Mogidion, again, a moment of terror, and she's then out. And Nynaeve releases the Adam, and blink, Mogidion leaves the world of dreams. We drop back again to Rand's POV, then. Drop back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. Come on, that's a song. It's real. You went you
0: way older than I did.
1: <laughs> well, you could have sung your thing, whatever that was.
0: I did. I, I did. It's from Eminem's Lose Yourself. Oh, man. It's just rap.
1: Dang. He's literally
0: moving... an award winning song. <laughs> and
1: you're calling it
0: just rap. <laughs> just rap.
1: He's moving about the palace, heading back towards the courtyard where they first skimmed in. As he's going, he kind of notes, I mean, he's not really looking carefully, but there doesn't seem to be as much damage around now. He was sure that he and Ravine had ripped this place up more, but maybe not. Returning to the courtyard, there's a battle underway. There's still Trolloc and Merdral around and a bunch of Aeol are fighting them. And he's like, okay, I need to help. And he... Judiciously uses little itty bitty zips of balefire at the various Mergeral that are around. Now, why the mergerl and why is he so careful with itty bitty balefires?
0: Uh, one, hive mind tendency. If Shadow Spawn are really linked and quite right and like mergerl are exerting finer finesse control, uh, they kind of life link. And if you take out a mergerl, you can take out all the Trollocs or at least discombobulate them. They just kind of, ah, yeah, uh, it, it makes it really easy. The short to circuit. Doop, doop, doop. It's kind of like, Hey, they're all on the same radio channel and you crushed a radio and gave a whole bunch of feedback to all of them. <laughs> um, now itty bitty Balefire, two reasons. One, uh, he doesn't want to hit something he's not aiming at. Two, Rand just dropped the mother of all Balefires. Um, he would like to not destroy reality.
1: <laughs> that would be a good thing but we did certainly and Rand certainly is aware of the uh the habit of bail fire to go not just to hit something but to go right through it and keep Ooh. going and the stronger the beam the farther it goes he doesn't yeah no friendly fire again please he's like no no so, no, no no we
0: can just like laser tag these guys
1: that's right that's right Do now you. It's very effective. Trollocs are falling and scrambling, and others who clearly weren't linked to the merger are just running off when they're clearly now outnumbered. And as they scatter, Rand sees something he he practically can't believe. Avienda, Matt, azmodian they're all there in the middle of things fighting Trollocs. Well, and they you were. were the Trollocs running and away. You off. were there and you were there. <laughs> no place like home. Runs on up. And grabs Avienda in a bear hug and literally swings around in a circle. Her legs are wee, you know Yeah, that's all the way gonna on. do wonders for the rumors. But she's actually okay with it. She doesn't get on his case, and he doesn't want to let go of her, but he does because. And Matt, you do it. He goes to grab Matt and's like, "Hey, dude, bro code, man. What's up here? Don't. I've don't got touch. a big stick that's pointy. Don't get too <laughs> close." He's like, "You're acting like we were dead or something." You were. Rand doesn't say that. No. What he does say is, I'm just so overjoyed to see you all. And Avienda at that point is like, yeah, like what happened? You were here with us and then you weren't. And he doesn't explain that other than to say, I had to go kill Ravine. And he's dead now. He's dead, Matt. Okay. He's very, he's very dead. So what happened here? Rand realizes what happened. Explain it for us. He used strong enough Balefire that
0: he burnt out ravines thread backwards through time and the pattern enough that the things he had done way back a couple minutes ago including killing avienda matt and asmodian didn't happen never happened yeah, this rather the they danger. did happen notably it is actually important to mention
1: they did happen it happened and then unhappened yes it's semantics but it's important this is one of the massive dangers of Balefire. This is what we learned books ago, why they don't use it. Because now everything that anyone else had done or wasn't going to do during that time all rolls back. Yeah, Look, But the for everybody else, life is normal. And it gets
0: it makes the pattern very messy. The ramifications of retconning in any story get harder and harder to really grasp.
1: This is when you go further Reconic. back
0: into the lore. If you That's go further call, back, man. it's just a mess. Yes. And if you try to implement Balefire as a mechanic into any game that you play, it takes a lot of work yeah. to straighten
1: out. So not all... Okay, what was done with the lightning strikes that Ravine sent down, it's gone. However, there are still plenty of dead people around because not everyone died from that. Like, poor Pevan, the one that had been the banner holder he's dead. Trolloc killed him. You know, those who died in the fighting, they're still dead. But the ones who are most important to him, Avienda, Matt, and Desmodian, they're all still fine. Rand gives orders uh, to the Aeol in particular, follow after those Trollocs and Merdral. We don't want any others out there still safe, still wreaking havoc. Get them all. And uh, others of you, find the guards here in the castle. I guess the king's guard now, you know, find them, keep your eye on them. I'm going to have to sort out which ones were ravines men versus which ones were bad. That's going to end up being easier than one might think.
0: Don't worry. It's probably easier to just like snicker snack. Most of them,
1: (laughs) but that's for later. Just keep an eye on them for now. And that's the end of the chapter. That was a a really long chapter. That took us a full hour, but, uh, It's made up for by the next chapter, the final of the book that's only six pages long. So chapter 56, Glowing Embers. We don't have a lot to note from the events of this chapter because, again, there's not much that happens. But the few things that happen are huge in significance for the rest of the story. We start with Rand. He's up in... The throne room. I, I don't know if it's the throne room. He's up somewhere in the castle. I don't think it's the throne room. He's looking down over an inner courtyard where Matt, Avienda, Esmodian are just kind of chillaxing now. He's watching them from above. It's a spot where they can't actually see that he's looking. And he's just wondering do they remember at all what happened and then unhappened? So, what I'm hearing they, is he's lurking and pondering. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't remember because for them it never happened. But then he's thinking, Asmodian, you know, as a forsaken, maybe he would know. And this is where we get a little bit funky because it's not so much that for
0: them it never happened, but rather it did and then didn't. And I mean, Matt remembers things that never happened to him. Though Rand maybe only suspects some of that.
1: Rand's attention is pulled back into where he's at now because a soldierish guy, an important soldierish guy, comes walking into the room and introduces himself as Davram Bashir, the General of Saldea. I wonder where we've heard that name before. He arrives to meet with the Dragon Reborn. He said, sorry, no one could announce me. I didn't see anyone around who does that sort of thing, so I figure I'd just come introduce myself. And he explains, I'd originally come to Camelot to meet with Queen Morghese, only to find she was no longer around. And then I was put off by... The toadies of King Gabriel, but now I understand he may be uh off the board, <laughs> and you're in charge now, so here I am to talk to you. And Rand, he's blunt, he's uncompromising, he's like, Yep, I'm in charge. Gabriel's dead, Morgase she's dead because he killed her first, then I killed him. So, yeah, what you got. And Bashir explains, well, I'm here with just a small retinue, but I got 9,000 troops waiting just north of the border. I didn't presume to bring them into Andorran land here. I wanted to come have permission first because Masrum Tai is in Andor. We are sure of it. The false dragon from Saldea, the Aes Sedai let him escape those doofuses. And so we are here to deal with it, to mm-hmm. take care of him, to set things right. And Rand's like. Uh, about that. I wasn't really ready to share this plan so soon, but I guess now is the time. He says, "Uh yeah, you can't have time. Here's the deal. I'm the Dragon Reborn. I can channel, and I'm supposed to channel. The last battle is coming. I don't think men who can channel should be punished for it when I'm here intentionally going to channel for the good of all mankind." So I'm announcing an amnesty. It's
0: kind of super hypocritical to be like, hey, this is horrible. We need to prevent them from channeling and or kill them all of them except for this one guy because we need him to save the world. Uh, but everyone else is awful. That's kind of
1: really hypocritical, right. So any man who can channel is now invited to come to me. and if he's willing to fight for me for the cause of the light, to prepare to resist the forces of Dark at the last battle? He has my protection. Let's do it. Because back in the Trollic Wars, when all those shadow spawn came pouring out of the blight, they had men who could channel who were with them, and it was disastrous for us. We are going to be ready this time. We are going to be ready. So anyone can have this amnesty, including Taim. He's mine. So Bashir's like, okay then. Uh, so... I guess you have plans. I I, I guess you now rule Andor. Uh, we've heard you're in charge of Tyr, uh, possibly Kamlin as well. Is this your plan then, just to take over everything and force everyone to follow you? Rand's like, we do need to be united to face the coming last battle. And I mean to see that happen. And not just the last battle. Have you heard of the Shanchen? They're real. Yeah. They're out there. They're not we need to be forever. united to deal with them as well when they return. I don't need to come f- out to say he's going to be an emperor and take over the world. That's right. He said, I'd be more than happy to work with any country that just wants to support me and be part of this. So far, all I've found are a bunch of political douchebags who will not cooperate. And to be blunt, most of what he's found have been
0: nations run by forsaken. So like, <laughs> no, he's not going to work with that.
1: <laughs> so, uh, he says, what do you think Bashir? Will will Saldea come to my side? And Bashir's like, you know, up in the borderlands, we all know the Koreathon cycle. We've read the prophecies of the dragon. I am certain, I mean, I can't speak for all the other borderlands, but Saldea, Queen Tenobia, I'm sure she'll come over to your side in time. But I can't speak for her. I'm just the general of her army. I'm not in charge of her. What I can tell you is I will support you and my nine thousand Saldean horse. We're here to help.
0: No, I like to think that like a Borderlands nursery has like where the wild things are, good night moon, and the Koreathon cycle, like all next to each other. It's just your staples for the first things read to you, you know? <laughs> it's um, also got to be full of hobby horses. Now, I do think it is important for us to not brush by with just the snarky comment I made, because we do know this person, at least by name and reputation. Devrim Bashir is not a stranger to us. We have had this said before, because Fail's name is not Fail, and she explained this
1: to Perrin last book. This is her dad, Fail Bashir, Devrim Bashir. Absolutely. He's the general of Saldaea. And uh, now he's the general of Rand's army of 9,000 horse soldiers. Cool.
0: 9,000 Saldaean horse soldiers. They're still Saldaeans.
1: They don't yeah. leave that loyalty just to be Rans. That's true. Uh, Dark and Discord pointed out Taviran. This could have been, yeah, little Taviran tugging that just kind of flips Davram to be Rand's man. Could be. Because, you know, he doesn't have permission for this. He could get in trouble for this. Doesn't matter. He's just all in. We switch POVs here to Asmodian. Yay.
0: Now, as Modian,
1: Rand was looking down below, and he was down in that courtyard, and he was playing on his little lyre, or harp, or he has a guitar, liar. whatever he had. And we see him leaving that little inner courtyard, because, like, you know, I like to make music, but it's nice when there's an audience that cares. <laughs> Matt, Avienda, they really don't care about my music right now. So, I'm going to see if I can find some wine. And wandering through the castle in search of a, a pantry, a storage area where he might find wine... Uh, we see his thoughts and he's he's pondering over what just happened to him because he has deciphered what happened based on comments of others who were around. Remember, what was undone, unkilled, doesn't affect the others who hadn't been blasted out by lightning bolts. They saw what they saw and then they saw that wasn't the case anymore. Now that's confusing for everybody, but they still remember seeing them die, but they're clearly not dead. And he's like, Rand undid that. Hmm. Okay, so I was dead. I've been brought back. I wonder if that makes me a new man. Am I free from my past? Nah, I don't think so. And one of the ways he knows that is as he's thinking to himself, he references the Great Lord. And that's what Forsaken call the Dark One, the Great Lord. Is that a magical he's forced
0: to call him that way? No. That's a internally, he's still... Is viewing it and wording it that way it's a hard habit to break
1: yeah I want to sing so bad right now but I'm not going to I know you do (laughs) still he's going to cling to Rand though okay because he's still screwed when it comes to the dark one the uh, other forsaken so it's nice to see some of them going down Uh, Ravine's gone sweet he's even happier that Lanfear was taken out earlier he for sure knew what was up. Why is he particularly happy that landfear has been taken out?
0: Uh, he also blames Landfear for his current predicament. Rightfully She's so. He's the one that
1: stuck him like this, absolutely. Uh, so, again, he's he's wandering. He sees a small door into what maybe is his little pantry or storage area, and it opens it and does not find what he thought he'd see. The blood drains from his face. Food? He has time for... You? No! And then death takes him is what the book says.
0: Well, that's descriptive. Anything (laughs) else, Robert
1: Jordan? No. Are you going to tell us? No. Nope. (laughs) This was controversial for years. And, and we're not going to talk about it yet. Um, Just know first time readers. The answer is not on the next page. Robert Jordan's like the the clues are all there. You know, who did it? People were like, no, what? Who did that? (laughs) Okay, Asmodian's dead. The final point of view takes us somewhere outside of Camelin to someone Rand in party believed to be dead, Morgase. Now she's traveling through the next country over Altara and he, sorry, I just saw on Discord that Taldark doesn't know who killed Asmodian. That could be good in a moment. Okay, um, so Morgase is traveling in Altara now. Now remind us who she fled Camelin with. Uh, A number
0: of people. Uh, It was the old maid, Linny, who had more or less raised her, and Elaine. Um, The innkeeper, good old Basil Gill, old friend of Tom's, also a great queensman. Lamguin the himbo. uh, (laughs) Brienne, the ex-noble from Kyrian, who's been shacking up with Lamguin. Yep. Um, And good old
1: Talonvor. Young Talonvor. Yes. Now, they originally, as a party, went to Core Springs, Radiator's Gareth Where, where Gareth Brin Bryn lives and <sighs> found him gone. Morgase was like ready to come and apologize and reconnect with her captain at arms, and that's a no go. So then they wandered through Andor a bit, trying to see if they could get help anywhere else, basically with the goal of toppling Lord Gabriel. They were going door to door and said, Uh, hi, do you want to help restore the rightful queen of Andor? They didn't point out, I'm the rightful queen of Andor. No, just kind of planting seeds, making suggestions. But well, what they ran you know into what? everywhere. It's a bad growing season. None of their seeds were taking fruit. None at all. Because they'd heard about the chaos in Camelin. They'd heard about Queen Morghese capriciously dismissing nobles and unjust laws and basically being every horrible thing a ruler can do but shouldn't. And they, they really have no interest in rising up to help this this lady. Uh-uh. It's like, okay, I've burned too many bridges in Andor. Even hey, though it's Bridget, not my fault. It's not your fault, but it's still your
0: action. So it's not your fault. It's still your responsibility.
1: This leads her to come up with a new plan. She needs allies. She's got to get help, and it's not going to come from within in Andor. So they're crossing through Altara, which has no significant power at all, over to Amidesia
0: hmm
1: why remind us what power exists in Amadecia she might be chasing after a power that also really
0: doesn't like her so it's really interesting that she's thinking this is the route to go it's the white cloaks now there is a king of Amadecia. and no probably not him that's
1: not the power in (laughs) Amadecia. There is a king. It's not the power in Amedicia. We know Morghais has not been on good terms with the White Cloak. She tolerated them. They literally were trying
0: to sow civil unrest and have her overthrown. Yeah. Granted, it was because of her involvement with the White Tower, which she then subsequently kind of
1: threw down the river. Maybe they can work something out now. Um, A little side humor is noted in here. Morgase is clearly attracted to Talonmore.
0: He's an attractive dude.
1: He has nicely turned calves. Mm. But she refuses to acknowledge her feelings of attraction. Will not give in to any temptations. Keeps calling him young Talonvor to emphasize. He's just this, you know, he's too young for me. This, no, no, nothing is going to happen here. He's
0: younger than you, but the older you both get, the less the age gap really matters.
1: Now, Linny sees this going on and she's like, woman, get over it. She, There's a great line. She says, there's no point letting honey age too long before you
0: eat it. Yeah, Linny's 100% a cougar. Um, she's been... Wow. She was upset that all of Gabriel's men were being brought in as guards because it was taking <laughs> all the good guards away.
1: Ah. Uh, all her boy toys. She had them well, all that's wrapped the en- around her finger. That's the sure. end of the chapter. That's the end of our main comment for this episode. So... At this point, this is where we invite those of you who are first-time readers who have not been all the way through the series, this is when you leave, because Zach and I are going to go on to spoil, and I'm talking major spoil, a couple of things from this episode. Correct. So if you've read the whole series, stick around. This is going to be fun. But if you don't want something spoiled, again, your first-time reader, even if you're like you're on book 12, book 13. We still might ruin something for you if you stick around past this point. We're going to enter into, well, I should just hit it.
0: The spoiler room.
1: All right, so to find out who's going to go first, because I know what I want to spoil, so hopefully it's me. But both we'll things are good today. So I'll
0: probably give you what I think you're going for.
1: I've got my colorful die here. OK, here we go. <laughs> What is that? That's a... I don't care. You're going first. Man, I can't read it. It's a nine. It beats by one. <laughs> totally beats the one. Okay, so I get to go first. And what I want to spoil is simply... See, there's there's two big ones here that I could do. Of course, I could talk about who killed Esmodian.
0: I thought you were going to.
1: Uh, you know, that's what I'm inclined to talk about. But there's also this bit about the ramifications of the Balefire. That's tell me my low talk- fruit that I'm going for. You're going to talk about that? Okay, I wanted both to get talked about. So as long as you're <laughs> going to talk about that one, I'll talk about Ismodian. So Robert Jordan was so full of crap when he said, oh, everything's there, the clues are all there, you can tell who killed Ismodian. You can't tell who kills Ismodian here. No. But when you put this together with the next book... The prologue of the next book lays it out extremely clear. You just have to connect the dots. But we're going to come to find out that shortly before this whole thing took place, there was a meeting of Forsaken here in the Camelon Ca- Palace. And they're still around at this point. As, you know, Ravine's off the board, they're talking about where do things go, what do we do now? And Asmodian stumbles upon either the whole meeting or just one of them. It only matters that one of them in particular kills him. And that's the forsaken Grendel. Grendel snuffs him out. Poof. And uh, even when you read the whole series, it's easy to miss it. It's very easy to miss it. It's one of
0: those things where I was like, really? The pieces are there? I see it. I know it. If I hadn't been told
1: it, I don't know if I would have picked it up. Now, he was a marked man because he had turned oh, on yeah. the Dark One. He's 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 on the hit list now so the moment someone has a chance they do take him out but grendel in particular she's eager to take out every last one of the forsaken because she wants to be neblis she wants to be the one above all and that's only going to happen for her if she's managed to remove to clear the board
0: the easiest way to
1: be easy pickings
0: first choice is to be the only choice
1: exactly so there Simple you go. Math. That's my spoil. And Ismodian is killed with Balefire. How do we know that? He never comes back. There's never anything. He's gone.
0: Don't necessarily agree with that statement.
1: Oh, I 100%. I do that because otherwise the Dark One, even if it was just to torture him, to completely nope. ruin him for eternity, nope. he would have brought him back. I have a, my personal,
0: I've talked about it with, we've talked about it with Rob before. I've talked about it on here a little bit before. I'm going to briefly talk about it as part of my spoil, because at the start, I'm talking about some of the ramifications of that Balefire. Asmodian wondered if this made him a new man, if this made severed his ties, kind of. And he went, he decided no, because he was still thinking of him as the Great Lord. I also am saying, no, it didn't. But we saw Rand previously chop his connection to the Dark One away completely.
1: It's never really
0: tested Be after that point. I wholeheartedly think Rand had enough power with enough of what was going on with the Choden Call and all that stuff. He split Asmodean from the Dark One. Asmonian is not brought back by the Dark One because the Dark One does not have a hold on him anymore at this moment. He's just killed. The Dark One can't bring him back to torture him because he's no longer actually claimed as a Forsaken. What made Asmodian not redeemed in his mind was because he still viewed himself as this. But if he had the time to eventually view himself as different, he might have been able to, as he was no longer tethered to that Dark Power. Now that is not proven anywhere.
1: Yeah, it's a theory. He doesn't have a physical. It's also, power not to other dis- Dark friends. proven. It's
0: also not. There are a couple of times here and there that there are things referenced of these dark tendrils that touch to someone. And it's only in like certain super moments of power that is discussed. But we specifically see Rand cut that strand that is going to Asmodeus. And whether
1: that's... Es- es- Asmodeus?
0: Zac- Asmodeus? Really?
1: Rock me on Asmodeus.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I've been playing too much of D&D <laughs> in ways. Anyways, that's not actually the spoil I want to talk about. Right. That's just and we're gonna impl- agree to
1: disagree on that one. It's fine. Go That's on one and one of the implications.
0: It's my biggest headcanon, and I think it has legs to run on. The actual thing we're gonna talk about is this is the moment for sure, as opposed to other moments that could have been. That means Rand no longer is the horn blower. Or not said Rand. Rand. Matt is no longer the horn blower. There we go. Sorry. Matt blew the horn of Valir out in fallman Uh-huh. It was tied to him. He was attuned to it until he dies. Guess what? He's dead. He just died. He then undied, but he still died. The And so still- even if he doesn't remember dying, it doesn't seem like it happened to him. It did happen and then unhappen. And in that time between happening and unhappening, the horn said,
1: I'm a free agent, baby. And all the way to the last book of the series, everyone's thinking that horn is locked into Matt still. Yeah. Mets, no one really on the side of
0: good or bad really figures this out. Largely because the only people who solidly know that Matt died and came back here, either we just saw die
1: is or they're rand. Yeah. Yeah. Heck if they had not if grendel had not killed ismodian but instead had captured him he could have been pumped for information they could have discovered mad had been killed and the horn is available again and they know where the horn is at least some of the forsaken do and granted
0: that's not to say they know how the horn works well enough to know that it wouldn't be tethered to him but it would have got them thinking yeah
1: So good on us that no one ever decided to explore that, (laughs) and it makes for a great event in that last book. Yeah. All right, that's what we have today: Uh, one massive chapter, one little chapter, and the episode comes out about the normal length. And guess what? (laughs) That's a book. That's the end of the book. Yep. Next time we record content from the Wheel of Time, we'll be moving into Book Six, Lord of Chaos. No, before then, we're going to about wrapping
0: up book that we did actually just talk about a little yeah
1: we're gonna have a celebration episode we'll get some guests on here we're not gonna tell you who yet but we'll put it out there when we nail it down we've already tentatively talked to some other podcasters from the community that are awesome people that we've done things with before that we want to have come on and celebrate with us and just do some goofy stuff that'll be a live stream out there for people and this episode will drop before that live stream happens so if you're seeing this now and you're not dark who's with us live today. Um, look on our YouTube page for notification of when that live stream's happening and come have some fun with us on YouTube celebrating the awesomeness of the Wheel of Time. All right, let me run the outro. Anything else you want to say, Zach? No, not really. I'm, I'm you just going to point to that stuff. Uh, I was that. Just gonna point it.
0: It's all over there. That. If you're listening instead of watching, what are you doing? Go watch. Sometimes I'll do a visual gag. I'm going to commit next time we record. I'm going to do a visual gag and not explain it so that you have yeah. to go watch if you want to get the joke. Thanks for being with us and everyone.
1: We'll talk to you next time.